0: You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers and their chaotic and apparently fan-hated draft night, according to my Twitter feed, We'll break it all down today on the Lockdown Pacers podcast. As always, my name is Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and the West Side Community News. And joining me on the other line to break down the Pacers draft where they trade into the late first round to get a second first round pick, pick the guy they were heavily connected to in reports with their lottery pick, Mr. Adam Friedman, former Indy Cornrows writer extraordinaire. Adam, first of all, how are you?
0: doing well. I guess Oklahoma City knows that they're on a smoke screen, but the Pacers do not. <laughs> yeah, that threw everybody off,
1: right? OKC is going to be top of my league pass rankings next year after picking uh, Josh Giddy. I'm so excited to watch him and Poku together, but that doesn't matter. This is all about the Pacers. And as mentioned, they picked the guy that they were heavily reported to, especially by J. Michael, the Indy star. He was all over this in Chris Duarte from Oregon, the 24 year old wing guard. I don't really know what to call him. Uh, Rick Carlisle in his after draft presser i don't even know what to call what happens after the draft it's hard to explain media wise but he likes that duarte can play two three and four which at six six i agree with that assessment and duarte is a good team defender decent on ball defender so i agree that multi-positions are in his future because of that uh so i like that assessment from rick good shooter good guy off the ball not very good with the ball or you know creating shots for himself or teammates in general i would say but uh, has some NBA talents and has some skills that'll fit him on an NBA team, was not uh, in the top even 20 of my rankings, but he's a first-round grade guy. So I would say it, w- it was an interesting pick because most draft experts pegged him lower than this spot. Pacers really loved him, though, and apparently a bunch of other teams did, and they picked Chris Duarte.
0: Yeah. the <laughs> The big thing I will say is, the age thing is this is like the scariest thing. I mean, there there is like almost no history of players like tw- I think we're showing. I think the seven oldest guys drafting in the first round, and none of the names I had heard of. The only one I heard of was Irvin Johnson because it was a it was not Matt Johnson, but some guy with the same name as him. I, uh, uh, yeah. I think
1: you're forgetting. I think you're definitely forgetting one.
0: Who am I forgetting?
1: Buddy Heald. Remember How was Buddy Hill when, he when he got older. maybe Buddy, Buddy Hill's was a year older in the draft than it was reported when
0: he got picked. He was 20. Oh, so ESPN probably had the graphic because the name Buddy Hill was not on the ESPN graphics when I saw So
1: he is currently 28 and 224 days. That doesn't matter. He was he was picked in the 2016 NBA draft, and he was born in 1992. So Buddy Heal was also 24, amazing, yeah. the year he was drafted as well. So uh, yeah. Uh, well, the people that know that be, this is very irrelevant to the Pacers. We'll get back to the Pacers. But, yeah, You're yeah, ruining my age, point
0: now. Thanks, Tony.
1: His age was listed wrong at Oklahoma, actually. And that got like snuck through to the NBA. And there was like this big report a year after he came in the NBA. I can't believe it was a bigger story. Anyway, he is the most recent 24 year old and he's a good player. I don't want.
0: To oh, yeah. It. No, I mean, that that would gives, kind of gives me a little more hope now, <laughs> honestly. But there still isn't a lot of history of guys that old being the good. But, Correct. you know, sorry. But the the question is, is is there's always an exception to every rule, right? Somebody, you know, there's always something that, that kind of is you have to like kind of break through that's new and happen. So maybe he's the one. I just it's always scary. And I know there's guys on the board that you like better. I don't I don't have an opinion on the other guys left on the board, but just yeah, it's uh he better be good in the first year or two or they they will know very quickly.
1: Yeah, yep. I, I I don't know if first year or two is a fair assessment for him, right? Like rookies take time and you know, Carlisle has not historically... Warburg, he, but, sorry, yeah, sorry. But,
0: but he's at the age, though, right? If he's like... No, no, doesn't matter. But it does in the sense that no, if he is... It shouldn't. It shouldn't. Yes, it, but it does because... It would, like somebody like Aaron Holiday, right? We knew by the end of year three, right? But if he, if he was this... I mean, he's actually closer to Dwarves' age than uh, some other guys. But, like, most rookies get a second run after a year, like Aaron Holiday, get a second chance, kind of now to prove himself at the end of year four. I'm not sure Duarte would get the same level. If he's like on, like, let's say an Aaron holiday trajectory, let's say, I don't understand why not. <laughs> Cause it'll <laughs> be he's slightly older and he's kind of just like, you think, you know, who he is by then.
1: Yeah. I hope they don't treat him that way. Um, that would be, that would make this use of a pick even worse to me. Uh, but again, my assessment of players should not matter to the Pacers at all. Uh, but yeah, this is the thing with Duarte is we talked about how the NBA is trending to small slash skilled and you know, if you look statistically at him, just at Oregon, uh, he has a, an obvious offensive skill, and that's that he can shoot, um, which is good. And when I would watch – you can watch uh, – the first thing when you search for full Oregon basketball games from last year on YouTube is uh, when they played Iowa in the NCAA tournament, and he was really good at that game, in that game, and he got a bunch of buckets being a really good mover off the ball. And I think that in Carlisle's system specifically, which is pretty spread out and Read and React, uh, he can fit okay, that said – This is unrelated to his age. This is just sort of based on his skill set is I'm not sure his ceiling is like immaculately high because his on-ball skills aren't that impressive. He's not necessarily a good creator for his teammates, right? In 34 minutes per game, he didn't even crack the three assists per game mark uh, with Oregon. He actually was close to having as many turnovers as assists uh, his senior year at Oregon, right? So he's not going to be a passer to his teammates. He's mostly just going to be a play finisher and that, you know, that makes you, Uh, That limits kind of what you can be as an offensive player. I mean, he can be a great three and D guy and that's still valuable and the skills are there, but you know, that's why I graded him pretty low myself is because I don't feel like the ceiling is super high to be like anything more than a a solid role-playing starter, which if that were, if that's what he becomes, that's still a good pick at 13, but you know, that that's a ceiling situation, but um, you know, he, he only shot 34% from three his junior year on similar attempts per game. So we'll see how he shakes out Uh, again, would not have been my pick. Um, but I definitely think he can get better. And I think that he has a skill in the shooting if it translates. And good free throw shooter suggests to at least be a good three-point shooter in the NBA. And he's a good enough defender that I think he'll get on the court and be a rotation guy. Uh, he's got a good floor because of those skills. But uh, So when we talked about the skill stuff yesterday, at least in that way, you can get, yeah, you know, we got a guy who's going to be on the floor. But I understand, you know, the lack of ceiling in the age makes fans pretty unexcited about this one.
0: Yeah, the ceiling doesn't bother me. I, I, I do I think... Agree. Because if you're able to get a rotation guy, I mean, the the one concern is like how long going to be a rotation guy. But most guys, I mean, look at the graphic there. Like, most guys change team throughout seven seven years. I mean, it's like right. like like they're actually talking like the top fourteen picks in the last ten years. And basically, outside the last like two drafts, almost every guy's on a different team. Give and one I mean,
1: one thing I want to credit kind of the Pacers for here, I don't remember when we talked about this. It was pretty early in our offseason previews. Is we kind of talked about how. You know, they had a lot of picks that haven't panned out and they need to add to their youth pipeline and all that. We've talked about that a lot. And I guess at 24, youth is a, is an air quotes thing. Like next summer, they will be close to back to where they well, were in terms of- the,
0: the youth pipeline actually just means a salary, right? You just need lower salaries. Oh,
1: well, I actually think of
0: it as age, but yes, the salary. Well, I view better. it as like, you just need low paying guys who are playing above, guys playing above their salary slot. Right.
1: But that said, we said, you know, because they had missed on a bunch of picks in a row, they might pivot to thinking of a high floor guy with their pick just so they can guarantee one of those, uh, you know, a solid player at that low salary slot. And Duarte is a higher floor guy than some of the guys who are available. Again, Moses Moody was there and I would have absolutely loved to see him in a Pacers uniform. I think he's a fantastic player and he went one pick later to Golden State. But, you know, Duarte being that high pick guy might be what the Pacers are looking for. Um, again, not, not what I would have done. I understand why fans are not excited about a 24-year-old who is a high floor, lower ceiling guy. Um, but that makes some sense to me. And they did get another pick which we'll talk about later. That does have more of that high ceiling uh, style to his game and to the pick to him. But you know, I think that is a is a, is an interesting thing that they did and something we talked about earlier this off season.
0: Yeah, the, I I do worry that this pick is a like win now move in some ways because I think he'll be he's probably is I he agree. probably the most outside of Caden playable guy like who be actually good in his first season.
1: Whoa, no, so, no, 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 no.
0: You no, think so? No, what, no, 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 no. Cade Mo like this first season, who had the best <laughs> first season outside of Cade? What Moe Mobley? No. Probably the two favorites. now.
1: he'll probably not even play that much. The Pacers have like a full rotation, basically. He'll probably be worse than all the top five, and I think Booknight will be pretty good, and Giddy will play a bunch and look really good, and Moody will look good, uh, although he probably won't play much either. Uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think that's true.
0: Oh, I think he's going to definitely be butting for for some minutes. I, mean, I don't considering some I think some of him. Oh, I think so too. But Summers playing a grand total of what, like forty games a year on average? Sure, sure. Right. So that's why. I mean, I mean, it's just and the other help. I don't know. I think. I mean, I think he could end up playing, in a, let's say, more minutes than let's say, and got to the top three by the time that she's like. Although I guess he'll get some of the bad. Wow, what? So bad. say is so bad. I bet Giddy, you're right. Plays like a ton of minutes. But like you I are, mean, he, you are
1: saying stuff that I don't even consider. Like I'm not even in the ballpark
0: of what you're saying right now. You don't think he's gonna play a ton of minutes this year? I think he ends No, a Duarte, think, the Pacers yeah. pick. No, 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 yeah. not a chance. Okay. I, well, I mean, I, I
1: think, think Sumner's better than him. So I think their bench will be McConnell, Sumner, uh, Justin Holiday, and O'Shea, most likely. I mean, yeah, but I, to me, this I pick, thought that before the draft.
0: No, I, but I, this pick seems like, in, in my way, it's like, this guy is playable as soon as some guy gets hurt. And that's what it means. And maybe it's sure, any draft. be possible. But, got, but like, that's what I mean. Like, we were doing the rotation, right? You're like, who's the Pacers 10th, 11th guy? Well, now I think that's where we're like, most reps, might even that. that guy's that. not going
1: to play the fifth most minutes in the draft. Not even close.
0: I bet every guy the Rockets picked plays more than him. This is irrelevant. That's, yeah. Okay. You're. right. I'm not counting. I'm guess I'm trying to think of guys who actually play on like these. Dec- like you look at like Golden State, right? Like I don't think either of us is going to play any minutes this year. I mean, like like. Oh, well, minimal. you should
1: have included the decent team caveat very early. Yeah, anyway. I know
0: because I, I wasn't. Really, I was kind of thinking out the thought of my mind, but I, you know what I mean. I just feel like he's going to end up playing like that's more amazing. significant minutes than most of the draft pro- prospects this year because he'll be playing in, like. I I don't games. know if I agree with that. I okay. I mean that's like the hopeful person's take to me, but I don't I don't think I agree. With oh, that. I just think because the team will be kind of above average and they'll just need him because of health or whatever reason
1: carlisle likes uh duarte's maturity and how he thinks that will translate to the court and how he's kind of grown uh and his journey he talked about his journey right from dominican republic to juco to becoming a father at oregon through oregon becoming uh the the jerry west i think that's the shooting guard the best shooting guard in the nation award winner so yeah it is carlisle's a fan Uh, Carlisle said, forget about the age, forget about any of those considerations. You always want to get the best player who is available when he's talking about Duarte. So Rick Carlisle is a fan of him, but they also, we heard from Chad Buchanan, uh, the Pacers GM right after the draft. And he was talking about uh, how, you know, with, with uh, they want, he said, this is paraphrasing, but they wanted to take one pick that they felt like was a sure thing and then take a bigger swing with their other pick. And so that leads me to, you know, kind of the more wild and unexpected part of the night is that they traded for a second pick. Uh, they they got the 22nd pick from the Lakers from Washington, whatever. We'll get into that in a second, but they picked Isaiah Jackson. So let's take a little break and then talk about Isaiah Jackson from Kentucky, the Pacers' surprising second first round draft pick. Okay. So originally here, we were th- thinking we'd be talking about the Pacers trading uh, for the 31st pick uh, because right when the draft started, actually we could do trade breakdown at the end. We'll do that later, but they traded, uh, 54, 60 and two very distant future seconds. Uh, let me, I can look up who those belong to well, or like which ones they are while I'm talking, but, uh, for the 31st pick from Milwaukee, which is the best non first round pick. Then they traded that 31st pick, uh, and Aaron holiday to the Washington wizards for the 22nd pick and the wizards. Got the 22nd pick earlier that day from the Lakers in a big giant Russell Westbrook trade. So that's pretty wild chain of events. The Pacers won't actually get air quotes this pick until the next league season. But with that pick, the Pacers selected Isaiah Jackson uh, from Kentucky, a guy they brought in for a workout earlier this offseason. And Jackson's very interesting. You know, I didn't rate him super high. Uh, when I watched him, but he's definitely talented. The The thing in my notes that I, I deleted all my notes yet, I'm sorry uh, that I that stood out to me a lot about him is he's a really good rebounder for his size. Right. He was uh, like in he only played 20 minutes a game, but he averaged uh, six and a half rebounds per game. So in NBA minutes, that's like over 10. Uh, he's a decent post presence and he's a really good defender, especially can stretch out to the perimeter. So in terms of uh, defensive impact, uh, I think he'll be really good at the four or the five. So I think that is how he can fit with both centers. That said, definitely more of an interior presence than a paint presence in general. Doesn't shoot threes like at all. If he only took two his whole college career. So a good defensive guy can probably defend wings, honestly, which is will be valuable in the NBA. Uh, and Buchanan calls this guy the upside guy. So, Adam, do you have any thoughts on Isaiah Jackson?
0: The Pacers love their bigs, man. <laughs> they do. They do. <laughs> I mean... Th- I don't know. I, I what, what did I say? I took him to the center. And I would just quit the podcast. He's oh, not really a that, center. You're not gonna. Well, be. he's like kind of right, isn't he? he who knows? What, he's like. A I think fan. he's a. Uh,
1: you know what? The the old saying is, "You are what you guard positionally," and he okay. he definitely played more for at Kentucky. I would say, but yeah, I but I, the you.
0: college game it was so weird. like honestly, the college game is bigger than pros. Sometimes it feels like
1: that's that's true. They do. I don't like, like the college game there as there than, much. Than, than, that's why yeah. I don't
0: like college much because it feels like they play like basketball from the 1990s half the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, it, this whole, the, the moves to me kind of portend on when it was later, like some future moves coming up for the Pacers. It yes. just seems like this is sort of like, they're kind of like hinting at what they're going to do next. Um, but I'm sure if they if guys got high upside, I mean, in three years, we don't know who will win the roster. If they think it's going to be good, it's worth it. I just, they, they seem to really love taking centers. And they only find up to the center to find kind of weird.
1: Yeah. So with, with Jackson, Like if you look at some of the stats that that, you know, draft analysts and and team analytics guys like like free throw rate and block percentage and steal percentage, he is like insane in those stats, like unbelievably good. Right. 65.7 free throw rate, which is free throw attempts per field goal attempt. It's a little skewed for him because he didn't actually shoot that much, um, but still very impressive block rate of 12.7 percent. Miles Turner led the NBA at like seven point something when he led the league in blocks two years ago. Uh, That 12.7 is like insane. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, he is so long and able to get shots. It's so impressive. 2.1 steal percentage, right? So some peripherals, mostly the two defensive ones. I mean, he is like a lock to me to be a good NBA defender. uh, And I think he can fit well with Turner or Sabonis, uh, but on the opposite ends of the floor, like with Sabonis, I think he'd be a good offensive fit because Sabonis can kind of patrol the perimeter and hog the ball. Whereas defensively him and Turner would just be like insanely huge together. Um, but he's also bulky enough to guard some wings. Like I said, but offensive game again, very raw in general, uh, not any ability to really put the ball on the floor or or make any passes happen. 38 turnovers, only 18 assists, right? So they did not really go for the, the creators for others or really creators for themselves, even uh, with their picks in this draft. So, uh jackson i ranked 29th they picked him 22nd so i understand liking him more than me because again his statistical profile is just insane uh but you know he, he clearly lacks some skills so we'll see but remember that chad buchanan called him the project guy of this draft so we'll see what he turns into
0: yeah the the thing i worry about with him like, like the other centers taking the best is how do you clear up minutes enough from the get hand i mean this season doesn't matter obviously but like are you gonna be like clear stuff in two seasons to be able to at least give him some minutes right we've, we've seen the issue with gogo right Because getting barely any minutes. You don't really know what he is right now. It's just another big, and now in that rotation, I mean, obviously I think they'll get rid of one of the big at some point, but uh, how do you develop a guy who can't play him at all? That's what I worry about.
1: Yeah, you know, it's going to be kind of weird with, you know, they even have O'Shea now, right? So between the two centers and Goga and O'Shea, finding minutes for him in the immediate will be pretty hard. Yeah,
0: I mean, the first season has not got any minutes, but he he wouldn't normally, so that's fine. I just, I guess they'll make a move by next year, I guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, a lot of and a, a lot of fans. And like, if you believe
1: this, and I think that's possible in the modern NBA, he should play center instead. Especially given that he has no perimeter offensive skills. Um, wow, Jared Butler just went 40th. Utah. That's a freaking awesome pick for them. Um, if he doesn't develop any perimeter offensive skills, so kind of have to play the five, even if he can guard fours, just because he'll clog the paint a little, even though both Pacers' bigs do have perimeter skills. But, you know, you're not going to play him over, like we just said, you're not going to play him over Goga, either other big, or probably even O'Shea. So him hitting the floor even will depend on a lot of other stuff happening. And if his na- natural position is center, then his uh, ability to hit the floor will depend on even more stuff happening. So I, I get the upside here. Um, I also understand why, you know, with some other players on the board that, Again, not a not a pick. Pacers fans particularly love. So, uh, I, I think the Twitter reaction was people hated both picks, uh, which yeah. I again I get why. Uh, a lot of mocks had both of these guys going after both Pacers picks, Duarte and Jackson. Uh, I understand the Pacers' logic behind picking both of them, which get, allows me to give them the benefit of the doubt. But I do feel like when I say stuff like that, that I'm kind of doing the media brown nosing thing, and I'm not trying to. Like I legitimately understand why they picked. Both of these guys, I did grade them both as first rounders, but they would not have been my picks. But yeah, you know, I, I Jackson could turn out to be something awesome, and his
0: statistical profile is nuts. You want me to ruin your brown nose for you? Go ahead, please, please do. Okay, so I but mean, don't say
1: something like he's going to be in the rotation like you did with Duarte, <laughs> I,
0: Duarte Jackson's I, I, going to
1: play the six most minutes of any rookie, Adam. That's what's coming.
0: I bet so here's what I say with Duarte. I bet he plays the most playoff minutes of any rookie, uh, this uh, season. Uh, no, it's definitely say no. Eh, who. <laughs> No, I don't know who 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 has to play in the most playoff minutes of of, of any, any rookie Well
1: let's see. Moses Moody? Seems like a good good guess. Who did he get picked by? Golden State. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see. Golden
0: <laughs> No, but that's, but that's what I mean. Like of any guy you any guy in front. Oh maybe.
1: no, Keon Johnson for sure, Clippers.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but for the, I'm saying I I just think he's gonna play a lot of minutes. Anyways, Jared Butler no. for the Jazz. <laughs> anyway, well, he threw me off my point, which I was gonna say was it. Uh, uh, it seemed like the Pacers tonight went in two very risky risky directions. And I remember that if they took the older guy and then they took a kind of center again, right? And and it's not like they haven't. It's not like Putrid has a bad history of drafting centers in the first round at all. Um, frankly, but it's just so. It just it just it, it's very risky and it's kind of weird and. I don't know, it's it's almost kind of pastry in the, in that way. So it's not like surprising, but I, I just I worry that it could easily blow up their face and the most Moody could be the best, you know, be really good and they will at so like why do we take this guy thirteen over Moody, who I think a lot of people love.
1: Including me. Yeah, I'd move yeah. to the uh, fifth on my board. So when he was available at 13, I thought that was a chance they would they would pick him and Golden State did right after and uh, not like Golden State has any amazing draft history or anything like that. But uh, yeah, that, that's well and they they got
0: I me mean, coming yeah, would be good. Yeah, they. they, just... they
1: I mean, whew, Golden State had one of my favorite first rounds. I mean, we could we can do that like in a month when we don't have to cover Pacers topics food our favorite drafts. But at yeah, Golden State that awesome to me. So yeah, uh Isaiah Jackson and Chris Duarte. We'll see how they fit into the Pacers' future plans. They have an introductory press conference for Duarte on Friday. Uh, the first in-person media event for the Pacers since March 2020. I am very excited. I hope I'm able to go, but that would require me to dip out of work. Anyway, this is that the rationale behind both picks. Again, I understand the specifics of them uh can be questioned. So we'll see what happens. You know, honestly, I you just when you don't like the pick, I mean, if, if you're a fan like that, you just kind of shrug and say, "We'll see, right?" and try to be the fan optimist. And when you, you know, really analyze these guys uh, and 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 watch them, you kind of see how they fit in and you see what Carlisle has done in the past with guys and how he might deploy. You know, I think he'll he'll like Duarte more, especially right away. But you know, he he got a lot of like Willie Colley Stein and Dwight Powell and all these guys in Dallas who. Could end up having similar offensive skill sets. Maybe not. Uh, maybe not Maxi Kleba, who could shoot, but you know Dwight Powell and Kali Stein, uh, Larry Bird's favorite player, could be facsimiles of what you would would like Isaiah Jackson to develop into. So uh, we'll, we'll see. But uh, you know, it, it's an interesting time to have uh, feelings about these picks, and you know, I not don't I don't want to be the draft grade guy right after the picks happen because that's a, a stupid thing to do because they take years to develop. But yeah, you know, uh, given mocks, people will probably, if you read articles about grades, not give them a good grade.
0: Yeah, grades don't mean shit. No, they do not.
1: I agree. I mean, I, I think you could But you I know what even, they get is hella
0: clicks. <laughs> no, I think it would be funny, like if we took our takes from three seasons ago, knocked them how off right, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause like we I, I guarantee there was something we said that but, like they had a great draft night in that team, the players that got rid of crap. I mean Hey, this, and the, the last time we had a first
1: round pick in the locked on mock draft, we picked, like I've said a million times, Taylor Horton Tucker. He fell in the second round, now he's awesome currently follow falling into the second round the guy we picked this year sharif cooper so we'll see what happens let's talk about the general stuff the fallouts that could happen from this for the pacers you know what salary wise trade wise position wise uh with jackson and and i guess duarte too so let's take a break and do that because there actually are quite a few significant ones and they'll play into what we talk about next monday as well because free agency is in three effing days but first I got to take a break to talk to you guys about the great folks over at Built Bar who are making the best tasting protein bars ever. They have so many delicious flavors. There's something for everyone. They're hundred percent covered in chocolate, soft and easy to chew protein bars They come in again, a bunch of delicious flavors. They have a mixed package with nine of the most popular ones Me and Adam, both love the peanut butter brownie, as well as the double chocolate. You've got to try them. And not only are they delicious, they're healthy too. Most of them have 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, only four to five grams of sugar, Only four to five grams of net carbs. If they were a draft prospect, those are great stats. And they're the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, which is pretty sweet. Go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. That promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. So let's do the trade first. Uh, The the Pacers started, like I said before, with the Isaiah Jackson section. They started with 54 and 60, and they turned those plus two seconds that I – forgot to talk about after rambling too much. The two future seconds. One is a 2024 20, second. It, they send the more favorable of their second rounder and the less favorable of Cleveland, Utah second to this is too boring, but a 2024 20, second and a 2026 20, second plus 54 and 62, Milwaukee 54 and 60 mean nothing. So that in general is a low value thing uh, to get to 31 from the bucks. And then they take 31 and Aaron holiday and flip that for 22. So Aaron Holiday was drafted 23, and he has been a very up and down in his career. Who's basically replacement level last year. So it's a little short sighted, I guess, after his first two years to call him replacement level. But in general, I would say you know that that 22 has more value than him. I mean, obviously. So I think 31 is a fair good uh, middle ground there. I thought that was a pretty good in general trade from the Pacers. It also moves back the rookie clock on that slot on their roster and. Uh, they save about $1.5 million against the luxury tax by making that string of deals. So basically, 54, 60, and two future seconds plus Aaron Holiday for Isaiah Jackson. If Jackson turns out to be anything, that's a great deal. If Jackson's just okay, it's just an okay deal. Adam, what do you think of
0: it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think trading second round picks for first round picks is like a plus value. Anyway, Yeah,
1: especially because I consider Aaron like a second rounder, like value. Yeah, I
0: mean, I think he had second round value, so they basically turned five second round picks into a first round pick, which is pretty good. I mean, they go for basically fifty four to twenty two. Let's say right, because I, I mean sixty is like not having a draft pick. Right, I mean it is, but it's like I don't know. It's it's, it's like it's the worst draft pick, obviously. So it's like kind of not having one. Um, yeah, that was yeah. a pretty good move, frankly, to to do that to go be able to flip that. Now, obviously, thirty they're not here between thirty one and twenty two. I guess I mean. In, in like the grand scheme of things, but it does have having that first round slot just just feels different a little bit.
1: Yeah, and we we talked about how we thought they would trade the seconds uh, just because of roster slot consolidation, basically. But remember, they they traded uh, when they got TJ Warren and and a high pick from the Suns for nothing. They flipped that Suns pick for three seconds from Miami, four seconds, I can't remember, a bunch, right? So they had yeah. even beyond having fifty four and sixty, which had no place on the roster. Uh, going forward anyway they had a ton of future seconds that were just superfluous so to consolidate all those to get a guy that they like you know even if it's not a guy that we like as much right if it's a guy they like that's good business to me value wise so i like that trade aaron holiday is going to be interesting to see how he pans out on a new team right you
0: think he's a starting point guard in washington
1: i was gonna say they traded russ uh they ish a free agent and um howell Neto is a free agent uh, they would like to be good, though, right? Around Beal,
0: so I doubt he starts. I bet they. I
1: don't know like how that. they
0: got better at that trade, but Rush I, mean,
1: trade?
0: I mean, sure, I guess. I bet. I think it's about even. Right. I mean, I guess they got more set so of maybe tradable.
1: Yeah, and Russ was like pretty bad for the first three quarters of the season, but he was, <laughs> he was pretty good
0: last at the end. But yeah, I don't. I mean, I guess I, I, he's not. He wasn't untradeable. He got traded, but like, I guess he's probably traded with like like a handful of teams. Right maybe why that works I li-
1: I like that deal for Washington but anyway I mean, uh, I just, yeah because, yeah, yeah. because sure. the rush trade salary wise can't happen until Kyle Kuzma's poison pill provision is over this is really dorky but it can't happen until at least August 6th so the Isaiah Jackson introductory press conference slash uh trade will not be announced for like another week and or 10 days or so um but anyway that is the string of deals that led to them getting the 22nd pick? And you know, if you told us before the draft they'd, they'd get the 22nd pick, I would have thought that they traded 13 and traded back. So to give up Aaron Holiday, who probably wasn't even a part of their rotation next year anyway, we just ran through that last segment and a bunch of seconds. I, I think that's good business. So that, I think that was good.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Aaron Holiday move too also says so they have a point guard lined up, whether that's yes. TJ McConnell
1: resign good. or you're, somebody you're else. A free they free agency, which is what I wanted to do next.
0: They have a point guard lined up, but that's to sign. I'd assume. I would hope so. I would hope they wouldn't make the move with not having a point guard already and point Yeah, position.
1: I agree with you there, uh, or you know, or even they. I think very highly of Sumner, but I yes, I agree with you, and I very much imagine that.
0: Yeah, but even to think how some Sumner, they still need another slot, right? right. You know, no, no, I, I mean like some, they're not going to be like Sumner. They love
1: guard. Sumner. Would you, you know, Sumner Duarte? Would that be your bench cards? But I agree with you that that. But well, you just
0: Duarte wasn't going to be your bench.
1: No, I know. I, that's what I mean. If they don't keep McConnell, that's what they'd have. That's no, I, mean. I, I know. But you just, I mean, I, I'm just trying to think who's getting, right because you still need a guard unless you Oh, I agree with North. you. I'm just the, the yeah. only reason he wouldn't be back because if they're like obsessively loving Sumner, but you know, and I think Arthur, that I agree too, with you. At the same time, yeah. I think I agree with you that it means um, I. I do agree with you. There's no think that this telegraphs that McConnell will return, and, and Jay Michael's been reporting that in the Indy Star for a few weeks now that he's likely to return. He mentioned liking the organization at the end of the season. Uh, he's probably pretty happy with this night because. You know, the Pacers need him more than they did before it started and they and they freed up some money. um, So it could be a good night for McConnell. But I think it telegraphs that they'll try to keep him or if not, they will use, you know, mid-level exception level resources on their backup point
0: guard. Yeah, my, my thought is this probably means that McConnell will go for like three for 21 of enough money to sign somebody else. It won't be a significant like sorry about five million dollars is not nothing. Gets you somebody good like right. or OK, I guess. Right. It was just Holiday fit in that kind of number a couple of years ago, like it means they basically be able to kind of get like two, two players that are like McConnell's probably like above an eighth man. And then maybe a guy's kind of below an eighth or ninth man level, but could be up there if he, if things shake out well.
1: Yeah. And I agree with, I agree with all that. The problem with um the problem with using the MLE is like that guy probably won't play much. So you're, you might be overpaying a guy unless you, you, you know, you find his place in the rotation for him. But you know again, the rotation's really locked up. So maybe they do what they did last year and kind of save it for,
0: yeah, but we we and thought rotation. Justin Holiday wouldn't end up in the rotation. And to Lamb, to some uh, Victor obviously obviously two years ago, and he ended up playing and was good. Yeah, he so was like, in the rotation it, right away. I know, but we didn't think he was going to be though, right? Or don't we me here? Justin Holiday, you thought he was going to be in the rotation?
1: Yeah, I wrote about it and put it in our podcast. Okay. I made the rotation.
0: Okay, I, I I I thought it was he was always on the fence. I I mean I could be mis I'm probably misremembering. I think it was like kind of on the fence. We weren't sure.
1: The trouble was that we weren't sure how they were going to really use Turbonus that year. and once That's true.
0: And I think also Vic was hurt, so we knew how it was going to start or be up there anyways. But he might get pushed out once Vic returned. But he didn't, obviously. Yeah. There are other injuries, so it didn't matter. It did not matter.
1: Right. Yeah, I think people were expecting Goga to be in the rotation, remember? And we were like, eh, probably probably Justin and Anyway... Um, yeah, so I, I don't know how much of the MLE, but I agree with you that one fallout is McConnell seems more likely to return because they did not a they did not pick a point guard and B they traded away a point guard two they picked a guy who they they touted his shooting and defense uh, in it with the 13th pick we've seen the reporting that McDermott might not be coming back anyway because of budgetary constraints already I wonder if picking Duarte. Has any impact or lessens the odds of McDermott returning? And I would say yes, it does lessen the odds of McDermott returning.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, they had to move Lamb to keep, they seem to, to keep McDermott, and somebody that's an option right now to so. keep both.
1: Right. Well, they could still move Lamb, but it's definitely harder now. I guess that draft
0: is over. If they move Goga, wouldn't that get you like sixteen million then?
1: Uh they move Goga. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. About that. Why would they do that?
0: I don't know. They have two centers. They just drafted this guy. I mean, I play him, but like, I guess this guy could be your third, right? Could be your third center. Sure. 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 Right. I, guess I mean, that's, that's the other the option. option. I, I don't know. I'm just trying to think how you keep McDermott. He probably can't. Even if I you don't think other- you
1: need to focus too much on that. Yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling he would be on the way up.
0: The yeah. Other- I think so too. I'm missing. I don't. Know, yeah. I agree. The, the reporting was already that it
1: was more likely that McConnell returned and McDermott did not. And I think that the picks they made. Uh, make that even more likely now than the, than it was before. So McConnell more likely to stay with the Pacers, McDermott less likely. As for their fringe guys, you know, Jakar Sampson is probably not a fan of seeing Isaiah Jackson get drafted. That's for sure. Uh, that, that you know, that four broody spot is, is probably taken now behind O'Shea. So not looking good for his free agency prospectus coming back. Uh, no one else really super impacted, although I will say Cassius Stanley is probably thrilled they didn't pick a guy in the second round that, a two-way slot might be open for him to return on yeah, another.
0: I think Jim Monk reported that that was kind of like the whole night. Cash Stanley's whole night, depend on where they could move the second round picks or consolidate them at least. Yeah. And he's
1: working out with the Pacers right now out in California, like a bunch of their players are out there together. So uh, yeah, I think Cash is Stanley very happy about this evening as well. Um, Amita Brima probably unhappy. They picked an interior guy. He was at the Pacers draft party. I saw on Twitter with some fever players. So who knows how he feels about all that. Uh, and I'm missing a free agent, I believe. No, I think that's everybody. Okay. Uh, then the centers, right? If Isaiah Jackson truly is all center, no forwardy. I mean, they they have four now. And they're all 25 or younger. It's like, that seems silly. Yeah, what the hell are they doing? Assets. So they're either really bank. And I, Isaiah Jackson's not going to play this year like at all anyway because he's a project on offense. And they even called him the high upside swing. right? So we've kind of seen the signs already that He'll be out of the rotation mostly anyway. So they can probably go one year uh, with all four of those guys, especially if they think Jackson's a four. But yeah, if he, I mean, if he's even sort of a natural five, then yeah, I mean, the the center clock just continues to be rushed by the draft.
0: Yeah. Well, and then after this year though, Turn will be on an expiring deal. So yeah. I mean, the the clock's been
1: ticking on him since they picked Goga uh, in 2019, which was three years ago now.
0: I know for real
1: or three drafts ago, not years, whatever. So yeah i mean a lot of potential ripple effects from this we'll talk free agency and how this all connects and all that uh uh it's, it's friday so sunday i i'm my brain is so dead right now i've had so much coffee today it's unbelievable uh edmund sumner's team option deadline is this weekend free is next week i mean we have a lot to cover including more drafts i'll have articles up we'll talk more on podcasts about it adam you got anything else you want to talk about today
0: no i think we'll move on to free agency we'll Hopefully they'll make some moves next nice, next nice week.
1: Yeah, it's weird. There's we'll not make there's much of a gap between the, the draft and free agency, so less time to really break down what just happened. Uh, so we'll have to zoom out later. But I'm excited to see these guys in Summer League, which is coming up. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed the draft and were entertained if you didn't enjoy the Pacers picks. And I hope if you do enjoy the Pacers picks, no, you're absolutely right that they're going to be awesome players. We'll see. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the NBA, Adam at Friedman on five and this podcast at Lockdown Pacers. If you'd like to yell at us, thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you on Sunday.